starting verse 27. Let's stand and stretch just for a moment here, please. Luke chapter 23, starting with verse 27. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, when shall, what shall be done in the dry? And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, take a pen and underline that, would you please? Calvary, Calvary. Don't you love the sound of it? Calvary. There they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. I'm going to preach to you about the place called Calvary. Calvary. Father, help me now to help. Help my eyesight. Help my, my mind to be clear. And help me to help. I ask your Holy Ghost to walk up and down these aisles and go from chair to chair and person to person. And thank you for that the day of great churches is not gone. Thank you for this church that's leading the way. And so many young men of God who, who love the cause, love souls. And God, help me to help to put one more brick of truth in the wall of life today for these dear people, please. In Jesus' name, we claim your presence. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to get a pen out. I'm going to give you some mountains mentioned in the Bible. The first mountain I want to mention is Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Sublime in solitude. Robed in clouds. Shrouded with fire. Where with heaven's thunders and heaven's lightning and heaven's rumbling, the law was given. Can I give you another mountain in the Bible? Mount Horeb. H-O-R-E-B. Mount Horeb. Where a bush aflame with the glory of deity was found, defied all of nature. And Moses, a great leader, was commissioned there. What a great mountain. Can I give you another one? Mount Pisgah. Mount Pisgah. From whose lofty heights Moses saw the land which God swore unto Abraham. Can I give you another one? Mount Gerizim, G-E-R-I-Z-O-I-M, Gerizim, from whose neighboring sides the blessing and the cursing, if you remember in those chapters, were given. Can I give you another one? Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel, where God answered Elijah's prayer with fire from heaven. Let me give you another one. Mount Tabor. Uh, in whose shadow, on whose slopes the stars and their courses fought with Barak, and that's not the president. That's another loser. And it's 10,000 men to overthrow Sisera and his host. Can I give you another mountain? Moriah. Mount Moriah. Where under the leadership of, a, of, of Solomon, 160,000 men toiled for years to build a holy and 
absolutely beautiful temple. Can I give you another one? Hermon, Mount Hermon. Uh, the Triple Peak, it's called Hermon, where Jesus was transfigured. His countenance brighter than the sun, his garments whiter than snow. Can I give you another mountain in the Bible? Mount Olivet. Olivet of sweet memories, where the clouds as its chariot and the wind as its steed went back to, he went back to God. But above all, above all, is Calvary. Calvary. Thank God for all the great things that were done on those other mountains. And God on purpose pointed it out to us for a reason. But none of them, they all pale in comparison to Calvary. For at Calvary, God dressed in bloody garments courted our love. This peace that came about because of Calvary to every soul that's trusted Christ came from God. He gave to us our hope of heaven. If you're here this morning, you don't know if you died today that you'd go to heaven. Let me tell you something you can know. You can know. You can know. And all of it because of Calvary. It was this place where Christ put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and redeemed man from death to life. Christ canceling man's debt by his appearance on Calvary. Christ passing under the judgment of God for you and for me. The Bible says he bore our sins upon his body. And you and I are going to heaven. If you're, if you're saved today and trusting Christ, you're going to heaven because of what happened at Calvary. Can you imagine God the Father having to turn his back on his own son? I have four children. I have two boys and two girls. The two boys are pastors. The two girls want to pastor, but I won't let them. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I think they can preach better than the boys can. Uh, but Calvary, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I love you folks. I love your pastor. I love his family. <clears throat> but I'm sorry. I couldn't let one of my sons die for you. I don't have that kind of love. I've got two girls I'll give you. But uh, I, I couldn't let that happen. Yet God loved you so much. So much that he turned his back on his own son because he bore our sins upon his body. I cannot imagine being stripped naked in front of the whole world. I can't imagine the judgment and the shame that came because of you and because of me. This morning, you can go to heaven when you die if you want to. Whosoever will may come. And Calvary's a place where, write, the Lord, write this down, three things happen. At Calvary. Number one, death. Death happened at Calvary. Uh, for the wages of sin is death. God pushed a, put a price on sin, and death is that price. Now, if you die without Christ this morning and go to hell, you'll never get out because you can never pay. You're ne never going to be good enough to pay the sin debt. Now, but if you trusted Christ, then you can go to heaven when you die. Because his death, his burial, his resurrection is the gospel. Write this down, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible describes and tells us what the gospel is. 
We don't need some professor in a Bible college to define the gospel. The gospel is not baptism. The gospel is not joining a church. The gospel is not the Lord's Supper. The gospel, my friend, is the death, according to God, it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But first, there must be death. There cannot be death if there's not sin. It's Jesus who was perfect, virgin born, virgin life, virgin death, and virgin resurrection. He who bore our sins upon his body. The only way he could die on Calvary was by taking sin upon himself. If Jesus had not done that 2,000 years later, he'd still be walking around on planet Earth because he would never die. He couldn't die because he'd never sinned. But you and I, oh, we, we've sinned against God, and we find ourselves in a condition before God. I remember just as if it was yesterday, uh, 64 years ago, on a Sunday night, I went to church. I'm ashamed to say this, but when I went to church, I snuggled up next to Mama and took a nap. That's terrible to say that, isn't it? But one Sunday night, I went to church, snuggled up next to Mama, and all of a sudden, that preacher came unglued in my mind. I thought, man, this guy's gone crazy. And he just, he started preaching, but he was 30,000 feet in the air. And he was just a screaming and a preaching. And I sat up straight. I said, Mama, who's he mad at? She said, son, he's not mad at anybody. He's preaching. And I said to myself, no, he's mad at somebody. But I paid attention that night. And I sat up straight and listened. And then towards the end, he started listing things that, that proved we were sinners. He listed this and listed that. And I was sitting back there going, whew, I didn't do that one. I went, whew, didn't do that one. And then he got down to about lying. And I thought he was talking about my brothers. Uh, but I thought, oh, my goodness. And it overwhelmed me. I said, I'm going to hell. I'm, I'm going to hell. And that night I went down to the altar, and it was an American Baptist church. Nobody opened the Bible for me. Uh, my Sunday school teacher came by. I was crying and patted me on the back and said, it'll be okay, and then prayed for me. Nobody opened the Bible, not a deacon, not a preacher, not nobody, nobody, Sunday school teacher, nobody. And I went home that night and got ready for bed, and I was standing at an old farmhouse and standing there and I, 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 outside my bedroom, and all of a sudden I just started crying, and the tears began to flow. And my mama, God bless her, she came upstairs, and she said, what's the matter? I said, Mom, I'm going to hell. And I don't want to go to hell. God bless my mama. She said, son, listen to this statement. She said to me, you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. She quoted Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And she said, it doesn't mean maybe either. It's for sure. It doesn't say for whosoever's baptized shall be saved, or whosoever joins the church shall be saved, but you've got to call on the Lord. And she said, get on your knees in the bedroom and ask Christ to save you. He's never turned anybody down. I got in that bedroom, got on my knees, and I invited Christ in. I wish I'd written down the date. I didn't write the date down. But I knew it was Sunday. I knew where I was. I could still see that wooden floor. I could still see that throw rug. Back then, we had feather mattresses. You've never really lived till you've slept on a feather mattress. And with feather pillows and a quilt and, and uh, that old farmhouse. And uh, I could still see it as if it were today. The death was paid for at Calvary. This morning, wherever you are, tucked away in this great crowd this morning, if you don't know that you're going to heaven, 
please listen to me. You could, you could be a, a, another multi, you'd be another Trump, another billionaire. You could be all, a, a Gates, you could be all of that. And, and what will it help you if you die and you face God? Calvary, thank God for the other mountains. Thank God for the things that transpired there. But I want you to focus this morning on this place called Calvary. And what happened at Calvary? First, the death. Jesus could not have died if he not bore your sins and my sins upon his body. Write this down. Burial. Burial. When you die, you got to bury it. Now, uh, death came. Jesus died. And he was buried. Now, I'm here to tell you that death could not hold him. I'm here to tell you that Satan and all his imps tried everything they could to keep Jesus in that grave. And that was the battle of the century. The battle of the century was trying to keep the Son of God in that grave. Because if he could be kept in that grave, then no, there would be no victory over death, hell, and the grave. He had to come up out of that grave in order for it to be victory. He had to come up out of that grave in order for you to have victory and for me to have victory. And this morning, Jesus is alive, seated at right hand of God the Father. Why? Because he first died. He died, but now he's buried. Now comes the battle. Comes the battle of corruption, trying to come to keep Jesus in that grave. He's got to keep him in that grave. If Satan can, can keep him in that grave, there's no hope for you. If he's not risen, we're all in trouble. But he's risen. And what does that mean? He first had to die. That awful death. I cannot, can you imagine? And we, sometimes we don't even think about the cross. But the truth is, that cross, they had, that, there was a six to eight foot hole. They nailed him to a cross, lifted it up, and scooted it to it, and dropped it in that hole. Can you imagine the ripping of the flesh? Can you imagine the pain? And then being naked in front of a whole, a whole world. Uh, in, uh, shame. Shame. But he was willing to do that so that you and I could go to heaven when we die. He died 2,000 years ago. When I got saved at age 11, I was trusting in his death. I was trusting in the success of his resurrection from the, from the burial grave. I said, number one, death, death. Now, if you do not trust Christ, you're going to have to pay for your sin. I'm at a motel. When I get ready to leave, either I pay for that bill or, 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 or the church pays for it. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay for it. And they're going to be standing there like this when I get ready to exit, catch a plane, like this, if somebody's got to pay. Well, uh, that, that's exactly what salvation is. God is saying, dude, you can pay or Jesus can pay. But somebody's got, come on, somebody say amen. Somebody's got to pay. If, if your landlord came to you and said, look, I've got to have $500 rent, and I was standing there, and I had it, and I said, well, here, let me pay for it. No, I'll preach, I'll pay for it. No, let me pay for it. The landlord's going to go back and forth like this because he's going to say, look, y'all make up your mind because somebody's got to pay. Now, if you pay with death and go to hell, you'll never get out because you'll never become good enough to pay for it. But Jesus was perfect, the Son of God. He died, was buried, and then number three, resurrected. He's risen. He's alive. Seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for us. And you and I this morning have an opportunity to go to heaven. If you want to go to heaven, you can. Whosoever will may come. But it's going to take the death, it's going to take the burial, and it's going to take the resurrection. Can you imagine if he is not risen? Oh, my goodness, all is in vain. If he's not alive, all is in vain. 
And you and I this morning ought to be grateful, grateful, grateful. It shouldn't just be Easter once a year. It ought to be Easter every Sunday. Thank God He's alive. Thank God He's risen. Thank God He's waiting for you to come to Him to pay for your sins. Now, by the way, He paid. When I got saved at age 11. He paid for my past sins, my present sins, and future sins. Because it was 2,000 years ago when He got saved. This morning, you pray and trust Christ. Be scared to death that tomorrow you're going to lose your salvation. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost. That's just crazy. Now, you, you have to understand, Jesus died 2,000 years ago. And all your sins were future sins. All of them were. When you trusted Him, He paid, took care of your past, your present, and your future sins. Hey, you never hear a preacher get, get up and say, hey, we had five bodies saved today. No, it's always five souls that get saved. The part of you that's going to get saved is your soul. Now, how does it get saved? It's saved because of the resurrection. He died. He paid the penalty. He was buried, but death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. And up from the grave, he arose a mighty triumph over his foes. And you and I this morning can rejoice and thank God, thank God, thank God. That grave is empty. That tomb is empty. He's alive. See the right hand of God the Father. Please, this morning, I beg you, you who are, you came today, and you, somebody invited you, and I'm glad you came, but you're sitting here, and you, you, you want to know that you're going to heaven when you die. I'm telling you, you can know. You can know. It's the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, you know, every time a soul gets saved, the Bible says they're rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. All it takes is one person to trust Christ, and heaven has a wonderful time. Now, the angels don't rejoice because they don't understand it. But God the Father does, God the Son does, and God the Holy Spirit does. And according to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, your, your relatives are, that are in heaven are a great cloud of witnesses, and they are rejoicing because of salvation. You know, I think that they cheer us on. I think when it's soul winning night and you don't show up, they're in heaven going, oh, my, 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 my. I'm, so, I'm ashamed of my nephew. I'm ashamed of you. They ought to be out there getting the gospel out. Reality of heaven is real to them, not to you yet, but it is to them. Now, I'm saying to you that it's the death, it's the burial, and the resurrection. Calvary is a place where redemption takes place. Calvary is the place where all of the demands of God the Father are taken care of through His Son. You and I are free today to go to heaven. Now, the wages of sin is death. I'm 75. I, I, I look in the mirror and I say to myself, who's that old man? I don't know him. But the wages of sin is death. Death is going to, I'm trying to outrun him, but he's going to get me. And he's going to get you too. Now, the wages of sin is death. So the part of me that is not going to die is, is my soul. It's not going to die. The wages of sin is death. Jesus paid for that at Calvary, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Now, you and I, the part of us that's saved is our soul. Watch it. Here's your body. Here's the soul. Pay attention. Here's what happens. At death, God takes the soul out of the body, and the body becomes as hard as this pulpit here. And that soul either goes to heaven or goes to hell. Now, if you trusted Christ, the part of you that got saved was not your body because the wages of sin is death. Who <laughs> put you in a box? And I, You know, the thing, I just want to make sure I got my pants on. The, 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 a stupid mortician told me one day, he said, uh, he said you, don't, you don't know this, but 
but they have this, they have the part where they cover your upper waist on down. And I, I asked him about it one day, he says, because we don't put them in their pants. And I told that guy, I said, if you do that to me, I'm coming back. <laughs> Buddy, you better make sure I got my boots on and I got my pants on. That's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, but the wages of sin is death. Your body's going to die. But it's going to be a separation of the soul from the body. And the soul's either going to heaven or hell. What's the difference? The blood of Christ that was shed at Calvary cleanses that soul. Not the body. Body goes in the ground. And God, well, you'll find yourself with a glorified body. Oh, my wife, 76 years of age, 51 surgeries, uh, all and a stroke and then a broken ankle and so on. And, but one of these days, that dear wife of mine is going to have a body, a body that will never die. It will never die. I won't need a doctor. In fact, I don't think any of them are going to heaven anyway. Uh, but I, I, don't, I won't need a doctor. I won't need a doctor. Uh, I, 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 I was talking to Dr. Tom Neal. I've traveled all the time, preach all the time, but boy, it takes me a day to recover when I get home from it. It's just not like what it was when I was 30. <laughs> this old body's letting me down. Uh, but the truth of the matter is the wage of sin is death. Your body's still going to die. But thank God, if you trusted Christ, your soul will live forever and ever and ever, and God's going to give you a glorified body. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. I have a grandson uh, who's, uh, who's uh, 31 years of age, and he has the mind of a child. Uh, his arms are longer than they should be. His head's not sh shaped like it should. In fact, they took the frontal lobe off to reshape it, put it back on, give some semblance of looking normal. He has boils all over him because of the medication he has to take. <clears throat> he has the mind of a child. But he, he thinks all you people are abnormal. He thinks he's normal. As he, he smiles all the time, all the time. And uh, he, he's, he's absolutely, absolutely amazing. Uh, and and he's fun to be with. He just he just fun to be with. And the things that he pulls. Uh, one Sunday, I was sitting way in the back of the auditorium. I had I had a cancellation of meeting. I was sitting in the back. He was sitting on the front. And uh, at the invitation time, we have several pastors that work the aisles like you have here. He went. Psst, 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 psst. The assistant pastor leaned over and he said something to him. And then he stood back up and went about his business. After service, I went to the assistant pastor. I said, what did he say? He said, I went, he went, psst, psst, psst. He said, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. <laughs> Bob became the pastor of the church. I pastor. Uh, he, uh, uh, R.G. started going around saying to different people, you're fired. You're fired. He thinks he's Donald Trump Jr. But you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> and Bob on a Wednesday night said, how many have been fired by R.G.? Three-quarters of the crowd raised their hand. Even fire. <laughs> uh, that innocence. That innocence. We've lost it because of our sin. But that innocence is available when you trust Christ. Oh, when we get, there'll be no sin in heaven. You're not taking it with you. There'll be no sin in heaven. We'll have glorified bodies. We'll be able to to fellowship with each other in sweetness and in innocence. It's going to be marvelous. It's going to be wonderful. But my point this morning is, if you're not saved, please trust the Savior. Don't trust this church. You trust the Savior. His death, His burial, His resurrection. And when you do, the part of you that gets saved is that soul. And when death happens, you leave that body. You'll be purified by the blood of Christ, and he'll take you to heaven.
give you a glorified body. And we'll be able to, you know, the grandparents are going to sit down with the kids and the grandkids, and it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be an innocence that we've lost. We'll be back because you've trusted his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I'm saying to you this morning, Jesus is not in a grave. <laughs> He's alive. He's alive. I talked to him this morning. He told me to tell you hello. He, he's alive. I got ready to leave the motel this morning, and a couple's on vacation there. And uh, I was sitting down, and I, I had my Bible there. She said, are you a preacher? I said, I sure am. And she said, uh, uh, wh where are you going to preach? I told her where I was going to be preaching. I went over and gave him a gospel track. And I said, if you died today, you folks know for sure you go to heaven. No, don't know that. Would you like to know? Yes, we'd like to know. There are people out there that want to know. There are people out there that don't want to go to hell. we just got to get the gospel to them. What's the gospel? It is the death, burial, and resurrection. Say it with me. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Say it again. It is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Calvary, thank God for the other mountains. Thank God for the things that happened. Uh, I wish I wish sometimes I wish I could have could see that burning bush. You know, I wish there's a lot of things in the Bible. I, I when when I read 185,000 Assyrians woke up dead, I laugh every time I read it. But I say I say to myself, how can they wake up dead? But I, I love it. I love it. I, I I read in the Bible about David staying home when he should have gone to battle, and he stayed home in, in Bathsheba. That whole mess took place. And I'm on a plane. I'll read that. David, David, go to work. Go to work. Go to work. He never listens to me. Never listens to me. Uh, I'm just saying to you today, please, you can know that you're going to heaven. God writes your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have reservations everywhere I go. Reservation for an uh, airplane. Reservation for a motel. Reservation for this, that, and the other. And when I show up, I have a reservation. Well, I'm going to heaven because I've got a reservation. The reservation came about because I trusted Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Let's stand. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed.